everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges, one day later than normal. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, do the thing you've been waiting to do. Give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can go read it at abcboxing.com. Danny, my friend, welcome back to New Jersey. I know you spent uh, the last few days in uh, Pennsylvania, which, as all people in New Jersey know, is one of the worst states in the 50-state union. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite. I'm just kidding. I, I have nothing truly against Pennsylvania, except the you know pe- people who come to New Jersey and drive in the left lane from Pennsylvania. Meh. It's, they're they're the worst drivers. It, it is what it is. You can't we can't avoid it. You know the people there are perfectly fine. We can avoid it. They can learn to drive better. Get out of the left lane. That's true. That's a good point. Um, or or you know just stay in Pennsylvania. If someone's, I mean, you want to stay in the left lane, fine. But if someone comes behind you, move over. Let me pass and go back in. The only the only real you know issues I have with people from Pennsylvania are the ones who are Philadelphia Eagles fans in Philly who uh are just not kind on uh on sports days really any any philly fan uh you know, not that i want to get on too big of a tangent on that but anyway they have stock in duracell yes <laughs> yes they do uh and and they get extra antsy when santa's around pelting santa with batteries come on that's terrible oh, i thought it was snowballs batteries who got thrown no 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 some i think it was was it pat burl who got pelted with batteries i can't remember Santa got hit with batteries. I thought that was snowballs. I, anyway, we're we're going way too far off topic here. Let's steer it back uh, from Pennsylvania back into MMA here. Uh, and we did have, uh, you know, obviously we're delayed here a day just because you were out of town. But we had quite a weekend of fights, sir. I don't know how much of it you were able to either watch live or catch up upon. Caught some highlights. Caught some highlights. Okay. And then I, uh, I caught up on the UFC. Excellent, excellent. You're referring the highlights uh, to Bellator 272, I assume. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to lead off with with uh, UFC Vegas number 44 uh, for those keeping tally at home. Uh, and this, honestly, I thought this was just a, a fantastic fight card that lived up to what I thought was a, a pretty decently interesting and deep card. It was very deceptive. Like, we didn't highlight a couple too many fights from here. But I think I even did say uh, in our you know advanced show for this that I, I thought this was a pretty deep card yeah it was a solid one uh for free we haven't had as many uh especially non-numbered ones because we had we had the free numbered pay-per-view or not pay-per-view but numbered event uh for the first time in a decade right before uh, halloween so that was nice but yeah this as far as like the non-numbered ones i thought this was probably maybe it's recency bias but i'll, I'll call it the the best of those in the second half of the year from ufc uh, I can't argue because I can't really remember which was numbered, which wasn't. It is hard to um, keep track. Most of them have not been good. I, mean, I, I thought we had some decent decent fight cards throughout the whole year. So It's been hit or miss, I feel like. The pay-per-views have been like almost universally top-notch, and then everything else in between, it, it's it's hit or miss, and I feel like mostly miss. Okay. Except, say, for, you know, I think we've had some decent fights every weekend, mostly. But, uh, yeah, this, this one, I thought it was just, it was bangers almost entirely. Good fight card. Excellent, excellent. And, and of course, top to pie. A vintage performance from Jose Aldo. I believe I had picked Rob Font to win. You did? You were wrong? I was wrong. I was dead wrong. And honestly, for like four minutes, 40 seconds in the first round, I thought I was looking like, well, yeah, okay, it's looking pretty good. And then Aldo did what he did in, in just about every other round, which was he put a stamp on it. He, he put Rob Font in a world of trouble. 
Uh, and, and it basically just set the tone where it's like, okay, as much as you're going to land, Rob, understand, I'm going to give it back a lot harder, and it's going to happen. Yeah, we, we had everything uh, that Jose Aldo, pretty much. Jose, my John, friend. Yeah, Jose. The legend deserves his name yeah. pronounced correctly. Jose, Jose. Um, We got everything from him, even from to you know kind of cruising in the last round for, <laughs> for like, a, I don't know, a minute or so before he decided he was going to smash him look he's 35 years old so. i'm 36 i i can relate you know you get a little older sometimes you just need a little bit of a break he needed a little bit of break he knew he could afford it and he went on and pulled it off you know he looked yeah. good i mean i really would i wished once he had him in in mount in the fifth round that he just started teeing off and got the finish but that was a lot like he had some bursts back in the like once he kind of got back into it in that round there was energy there. It wasn't just slogging through. He he looked really good rolling on the ground when, trying to. Well, trying he had to work that, for that. He had a really really tight mount, mm-hmm. and like Font wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, and he just kind of just I'm just gonna smother him. We're not gonna throw any punches from here. Huh. I think he could have finished, but still a great performance. It was a fantastic performance. I I do think this was vintage Aldo. Um, now everybody's kind of getting very excited about you know. Can he actually make that run at the bantamweight belt like he is hoping to do? He spoke about it with me last week. He's spoken about it a lot with other people. Uh, my question to you, sir, is can he actually win the bantamweight belt? And I don't mean can he beat the current champ. I mean, can he win the belt? Well, it's Jose. I'm sorry. It's Jose Aldo, so I'm not counting him out of anything. But okay, I think it's probably a long shot. Long shot, I think, is fair. I do think there are some matchups, depending on who gets to the belt before he gets there i think that could potentially work for him let's say the rematch between uh aldermaine sterling who's the current champ and the interim champ peter yan let's say it goes the way of sterling i don't think they're gonna run that back a third time at least immediately i think they would probably wait and and realistically i think they could put jose aldo in there against aldermaine sterling i'm not saying he'd win but i'm saying I could see Jose Aldo actually beating Sterling, whereas I can't see him beating uh, Peter Yan. Yeah, I think he could beat Sterling. Uh, I really want to see him fight Dillashaw. I think he probably needs one more fight between. I, I don't know. Well, it's Jose Aldo, so there is a little bit more respect there. If 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 it comes down to it, he could probably skip the line. But I think Aldo and Dillashaw. You're right. It would be. I think it would be a deserving fight. I think it would be an interesting fight. Yeah, that, that's. The, I think that's the one I want to see rather than just you know throwing Jose in a title fight. Sure. No, I understand that. Um, but, I, you know, either way, no matter what we see as far as uh, what Aldo can do or can't do the rest of the way, I think it's time to uh, stop all the revisionist uh, legacy changers out there <laughs> on social media. Just just put the phone down. Put yeah. the phone down. Turn, Close the app. Uninstall it. Stop sitting there and trying to look back at what Aldo did and take it out of context and be like, well, he, he didn't beat... Uh, he didn't beat any champions while he was the champion. What's he supposed to do? He's the champion for five years in a row, beating everybody. Dude's awesome. He's a he's a legend. So he's a legend. Yeah, you can I, knock it off. I mean, you can you can bust on him for you know missing some fights, but other than that, when he does fight, he's really good. Now we recorded this show before I got the chance to speak without it last week, and this this story's already run. It's already been on nypost.com. Uh, but Dan, did you happen to read it and read what he told me about? Uh, when he used to be fighting at featherweight no so when he used to fight at featherweight i asked him kind of you know hey now that you're down at bantamweight like what would you have said to the jose aldo 10 years ago like you're able to make bantamweight with these and you had you used to have some more difficulties with making featherweight and he said that a week out from fights and he said basically all of them he'd go to the steakhouse 
he'd go get pizza and he would just eat. And so he, he was said he was young. He wasn't being smart with it. Uh, you know, he admitted he wasn't being smart with it, of course. But yeah, he just used to go to the steakhouse and he said he was celebrating already. <laughs> so that's why he struggled to get into 45. That's why he struggled to get to 45. Yeah, that's what he says anyway. Well, I respect him more now. Anyone that's going to the steakhouse week on uh, fight week and you're not a heavyweight. And still winning yep. consistently. I like it. Even though he was maybe having trouble making weight sometimes. You're okay with it. I'm okay with it. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he, he always made the weight. Yeah, he made it mm-hmm. and he won. But yeah, he essentially, he realized when he got to Bantamweight, he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to actually take my diet seriously now. So so he says now he celebrates uh, with the steakhouse afterward. That's fair. I imagine that's what he had uh, after Saturday night. Certainly had it at least since then. And it really just makes me want uh, Rodigio. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about it for Wednesday. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so where does this leave Rob Font? Though? Let's get back to Rob Font. I think you, you just throw him in there with Sanhagen. I mean, you can put him in with anybody. That'd really. be a good one. He's still, be, I like that one. I mean, I don't think he's going to make it to the title, you know, up that, that far, but he's still a fun guy to watch. Dangerous fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is definitely the type of performance that says that there's more work to be done. I'm not ready to write him off, but he is. I mean, he's not young. He's actually, <laughs> I think he's a year younger than Aldo. Uh, despite the fact that his his career is is not as lengthy, it's it's obviously not as achieved as much. But I was actually quite surprised to learn how much older he actually was. I I thought he was more like thirty one. Um, so yeah, realistically, if he's gonna make a move, he's probably gotta show some real improvement soon. I don't I don't know if he's actually gonna get there either. Yeah, it's still gonna be a fun fighter. Talent, talented so. fighter, good fighter, fun fighter. Um, he he certainly adds to the top levels of the bandwagon division but i i worry now for his sake that maybe he has topped out i mean that division's so deep so it's yeah it, I, mean, it, I mean it is what it is be but at the top of that division still pretty accomplishment sure. Abs- absolutely 100 percent agree but judging wise sir fantastic judges did a great job once again uh, another strong outing 22 out of 24 rounds scored were unanimous we had a lot of finishes so not everything went distance but uh, again, I mean, they still scored 24 rounds. That's still a decent amount, and, and, and very few variances. I, I don't think there was much of anything that either of us agreed or disagreed, excuse me, so vehemently with. We'll get to that momentarily, of course. Um, but before we actually dive into, well, we'll even talk about Bellator, but before we dive into the rest of UFC uh, and the judging and, and contested rounds, Dan, I don't know if you saw this, but earlier today, this day of Monday, as we record, it was reported that UFC 271 will be in Houston on February 12th. Is that uh, gone in... No, 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 this is the one after that. One out. Did they have a main event for that yet? I don't recall. Okay. I, I didn't get the chance to see it, but I, I did see the date. But but again, sir, this is Houston. We're back in Houston. Well, all right. Houston we're, judging. We're in for a ride. Houston judging again. And it, the thing that comes to mind is, man, why can't, I, I, get, I get they want to go to Texas. Texas is the place that's been very welcoming for, you know, helping safety reasons we'll leave it at that <laughs> um but why not just go to dallas go to san antonio it doesn't have to be houston go go somewhere else then because the judges from houston tend not to travel outside of houston and the houston metropolitan area mm-hmm. you get different judges in in dallas area like uh Al- alan and martinez uh you know individuals like that I- i'd just like to see a bit different personnel assigned to these fights in addition to, you know, the the less than they ought to uh, traveling personnel that, that are brought in for Texas events. So that's my little mini rant about that. We'll revisit <laughs> it in two months. Um, but Bellator, sir, you yes. said you caught highlights. When you say highlights, what did you actually watch of Bellator? 
Uh, I watched a missed kick followed by a spinning back fist knockout. So you just watched the... Uh... I didn't see the whole fight. Okay. People told me that they compare it to a 40-point touchdown in football because Pettis was just so far behind. Pettis was very far behind. Uh, and Sergio Pettis, excuse me, just to be clear. We're talking about Sergio Pettis' incredible victory over Yoji Huraguchi, who I touted as the best bantamweight competing over the weekend. And quite frankly, I still think he actually is the most talented of even the four at present. At present, yeah, Jose Aldo is overall more talented and, and accomplished than Kyoji Horiguchi. But right now, I think if they were to rematch this fight, I do think Kyoji Horiguchi would pick up where he left off because he really only made one large mistake, which was getting caught by this sequence right. here at the cage. Yeah. You didn't watch most of the fights, so like, just take it from me. Like The, the rest of the fights, sir, Pettis really couldn't get going at all. He, I think he was landing single-digit strikes in each round. Uh, Horiguchi's landing very well in each round. He's, he's working the grappling very well. He just, in, in all facets, he was the better fighter for, uh, I forget exactly what moment it stopped in round four, but I would say somewhere in the range of 17 minutes, he was easily the most, the better fighter. And then, you know, it's not that he got caught. It's not that it was lucky. This was something that was set up very well by Sergio Pettis, but. Mm, uh, disagree. Uh, you disagree. Why? He was just throwing it and it just happened to land. I mean, maybe he trains this, but it's, it's a very low percentage. And it, it, that's. I think that what the deal was, was the way that Oraguchi was circling out, though, is he kind of caught. Uh, you know what? Give credit to the experience here. I don't don't take that away. Uh, no, that, I mean, that's why I favor submissions over knockouts, because there's no such thing as a lucky submission. <laughs> there's always, everyone has a puncher's chance, which also, which is a reason why this sport's great. Sure. So I, I, I can't call this, I mean, it was very exciting, mm -hmm. but I, I can't just say this is pure technique and he knocked him out. He set it up perfect and it was just waiting for it and he got it. I don't know if it was necessarily like set up perfect. If I said that before, I can't remember what I said, but I, I, I would walk that back if that was what I said. This was taking advantage of exactly what was given to him and throwing two strikes that made up for the fact that he missed one. He landed the other. I, I, I don't want to take that from him. I don't think it's lucky. I just don't. Guys throw kicks all the time and then they just, they just hope in the guy's head's there. So I'm going to finish it up with a spinning back fist and just hope his head's there when my fist gets there. And it worked. So and apparently it, it, it validates it. It did work. <laughs> it worked. But I'm saying... It's lucky. I mean, there's no other. I mean, there's not a better word to describe. It's just, all right, he was fortunate enough that his fist and head met at the same time. I will begrudgingly agree to disagree. It's <laughs> it's just, it's, I, I wouldn't even give this knockout of the year. I don't think this is knockout so, of the year. I mean, it's an impressive one. But I, my question, though, is, is this comeback of the year? Because that takes all of this out of the equation. It takes out of the things you're just saying out of the equation. Now it's. A rally. Well, it's just yeah, we're just measuring gotta, how much of a rally this was. I gotta think. I gotta see the rest of the fight to to know that. But sure. I sure. got to also look back and remember all the other fights of the year. It's hard to think of one though, especially when you when you think of comeback of the year too. I think when you get these awards that you're kind of giving out, at least I like to give some credit to how important it is, the spot it is, that kind of thing. It it, it magnifies it. I think that there is some measure to it. There is probably a knockout of the year, true knockout of the year somewhere in Kazakhstan. And I'm sure Kaposa has posted it at some point throughout the year. But we're not going to give the award to that knockout unless it was something truly never seen before. It's probably going to be something more along the lines of, at least in my mind, Kamaru Usman knocking out Jorge Masvidal. It wasn't necessarily any sort of spectacular technique, but like he 
he knocked out with his hands the guy who, for 25 minutes a year earlier, he had just pressed against the cage with not a whole lot of interest in striking with. The guy who Jorge Masvidal was touted by a bunch of people to have some of the best boxing, pure boxing skills in MMA. And to get that in that spot in a rematch where really the only thing he could have done was what he did in order to top what he did and validate, other than the monetary compensation, validate the reason for having this situation, this this rematch here. He did it, and I think that's what makes that particular one really impressive. Yeah, I mean, it was that was a good one. I also have been, you know me, I, I like Moss at all, but I, I don't think of him that highly of a fighter. No, I understand. Um, I, I, I do think he's probably uh, a little more, maybe quite a bit more hype than than actual uh merit i guess in terms of the welterweight division yeah i mean quick without really doing much research i'm probably on prochaska over reyes that's fair i mean that, look, uh, there's some great ones but there's some great ones there's I, a lot to go back and look through. there is there is and i'm gonna have to do that for uh for our show but also for the uh mmaja awards of which i am on the committee that's pretty awesome i didn't know that oh i didn't mention that yeah i'm on know. the i'm on the awards committee that is pretty awesome i'm not the head of the awards do committee. they get actual awards I don't believe we've gotten there yet. That's oh. I am not a head of the committee. I, oh. I that is uh Manal Kakopian, who is over at the LA Times, I believe. Okay. Oh, I, I want to say LA Times. Um and and actually Ariel Hawani is also on the committee with me. It's us three. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um the other thing that was announced though at Bellator, sir, and you I don't know if you missed this entirely, but Bellator will be bringing a new Grand Prix into the mix in 2022 and that is the Bantamweights. Okay. So we obviously this Prix. we've got Sergio Pettis is going to enter this one as the champion. Kyoji Horiguchi's in it. Rafin Stotts. Um, I can't remember all of the names off the top of my head, but this is this is definitely one of the divisions that makes a lot of sense for them to do an eight man Grand Prix. Ready to do it. Um, I'm interested in. I I think you get into the Grand Prix. I like the Grand Prix. It's nice that they're you know they're fighting for a million dollars, so there's good stakes there too. Really, I think it really adds when you put that kind of money up for grabs. It really adds importance to what is being uh competed for, even if it's you know let's let's call it let's call Bellator what it is. They're the they're the B promotion. They start with yep. a B. They are the B promotion. They're behind UFC. They're never going to catch up. But when they do this, at least what they're doing is a level, absolutely a level. Even with or without the talent there, but the, with the talent there especially, it's it's definitely a level. Yep, I think it's that's good. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I look forward to it. I'm I you know, again not knowing even all the names off the top of my head, I'm still gonna say Horiguchi comes out of this one as the champion, even after what happened. Uh I I don't think you can ever go wrong picking a, a Magomed Magomedov. Anyone with a Magomed in so, their name, whether it's a Nurmagomedov or, or or anything like that, if there's if the words Magomed, if the letters Magomed in sequence appear at any point in a person's name, you have to understand that they're going to be pretty decent at MMA. Yes, it's it's kind of just a given. I'm going to name my my next kid uh, Magomed, just so they immediately yeah. have some MMA cred. But uh, I also that one kid, I think the kid that did actually beat Magomed before is really good. I think that was Ralphie and Stotts. Rafian Stas is, is is off to a great start. He, uh, I believe, is a teammate of Sergio Pettis too. So that adds them a little bit of dynamic there. But apparently, you know, if they're fighting for a title or fighting for a million dollars, it's gonna happen. Fighting for ten bucks, I'll fight anybody. You fight me for ten bucks? Yeah, let's do it. Like fight, fight, or just maybe, grappling? Uh, maybe, like are you gonna punch me? Maybe a thousand. You gonna punch me for a thousand dollars? You punch me for a thousand dollars? Well, you get to punch me back. Yeah, but but I like you. But if we're fighting for a thousand dollars. Just. Leave the face alone. I'd be the UFC's best fighter. I've broken both I... cheekbones before. I don't want to do it again. Just leave me alone. I wouldn't even throw a punch. All right, fine. We'll just Gentleman's grapple. agreement, we'll just, just grapple? Yeah, we'll just grapple. All right, all right. For a thousand bucks, sure, that's fine. Yeah. I could do that. 
<laughs> All right, let's move. We're, we're kind of getting silly here. So let's move on to contested rounds, which again, we really don't have a lot of contested rounds. We only have two, although we will be touching upon an uncontested round, something we rarely do. Um, but I, I, it's actually going to be, well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll, we'll, we'll save that. Uh, let's start off with the one round. There was a little bit of disagreement on in the main event at UFC. Jose Aldo got the win over Rob Font, two fifty forty fives and a 49-46. That third round is where we have the discrepancy with Sal D'Amato seeing it for Rob Font, the only score that Font got. Uh, Derek Cleary, Junior Chiro Camillo, they saw Aldo as the winner. Uh, wh- what happened in this round? Really close round. Mm-hmm. Aldo's light kicks made an appearance. They were really good. I thought Font was landing to the head pretty good. Aldo gets him to the ground, passes to the mount, passes to side control, lands a couple punches, maybe a couple elbows, nothing all that much. Back on the feet, Aldo's eye just starts swelling shut. Don't know exactly what he got hit it's with. It's hard to say, yeah. Uh, I thought at that point, Font started really landing pretty good to the head. Aldo landed a really good leg kick that knocked Font down. I thought it was a uh, really, really close round. And I scored it for Font 10-9 for the headshots. Oh, my God. What a terrible score from you. <laughs> no, honestly, I when I was watching this round, I... And I, I said this on social media even before the round, the announced uh, scores came out. And I said, this is the closest round of the fight. This was definitely the closest round of the fight. I'm not surprised to see that this one was a split. I'm not surprised even that you went that way. I did see it for Aldo. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's certainly a strong case to be made for, I think, either man in this round. So really close round. But this is, again, really the only round that I think you could actually go back and earnestly say that Rob Font did enough to win a round. Yeah, he, he landed some good shots. Even though he was on the ground for a while, Aldo didn't do all that much mm-hmm. from the top. So you're sticking with... Uh, and you know what's funny? No, it's funny is DC said, you know, he's not doing much damage from here. But had Aldo got a traditional takedown, <laughs> his tune would have been <laughs> totally different. Oh my goodness, you're totally right. So that that was... He would, he would have thrown his fingers go, Toom! <laughs> oh, DC. He's... uh. He is not going to change, sir. This is He's only going to become more himself as the years pass. Just understand that. If you like him now, or if you don't like yeah. him now, you're going to get a lot more of the same. Yeah, I like him so. I, I mean, look, he's a likable guy. I don't, I don't want to sit there and say, like, I don't like DC as far as uh, he's an entertaining person. He adds um, color to the broadcast, which is a color, com- and I don't mean that in any sort of racial way. Um, what I mean by that is he is a colorful personality. He adds a lot of uh, fun to the mix. It's almost like a John Madden-ish type of situation where he can bring X's and O's, but he's also very willing to go completely off the rails in in a funny way. (laughs) But the man needs to stop talking about judging and and pretending he has any sort of idea what the judges are doing. Sometimes he admits he doesn't, but sometimes he forgets and he talks like he totally knows what he's talking about and it confuses the viewer. That's how I feel. Viewers are going to be confused forever. Indeed. Indeed. They, I mean, we were doomed from the start because <laughs> it's we're, you and I are still trying to crawl out of the hole pretty much, right? We've seen the light, I think. We've seen the light, but, but you know, it's, you know, it's tough. Anyway, but uh, again, I don't have a problem with the split round here. I don't have a problem with you going that way. I went the other way. I went with the majority. It is what it is. The right guy won. Very easy. No oh, problems. Oh, yeah, for sure. No problems. Yeah. The other round, uh, is, I think this one's at least a, l- a little bit more of a case of, of an interesting round to break down for our, these purposes, uh, and that is the first round of Cheyenne Vlismus, uh, formerly Cheyenne Bays, who I I don't know what happened, but 
she used to be married to JP Bays and maybe maybe not anymore, but she's now going by her maiden name again. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could, I don't, not, not even gonna go there. I don't want to Whatever. speculate. Yeah. I don't want to speculate, but it, you know, it's something that was clearly not touched upon, uh, and the silence was deafening. Well, well, someone, someone mentioned some kind of personal turmoil. I think that was. Well, the, she did have COVID, oh, okay. so there was that, but. I mean, that could also be what it was referring to, too, and and if that's what it is. And, and you know, whatever it is, wish her the best. But anyway, um, she got the win over Mallory Martin uh, in what ended up being the fight of the night, 229-28 and a 30-27 for Vlismas here. But it's that round one that we're split on uh, with Martin being in the majority. Why don't you break down what happened in this round? Uh, pretty much Vlismas, she's on her uh, fighting off her back foot pretty much the whole fight, uh, pretty much the whole round. Uh, Martin's doing a lot of pressuring, getting her, you know, back against the cage, but they're really throwing heavy for, for 125 pound pounders. And, uh, yeah. I thought Vlismas was landing a bit more. They, they were both landing, but with similar force and, and impact, I would say. I think Vlismas, as the round goes on, she's landing a bit more frequently. So that's why I'm on her 10 9. I also went for Vlismas 10 9 in this round, seeing it the same way as, uh, Dave Hagen. Uh, it was, uh, Derek Cleary and Saldamato who are in the majority for Martin here. I, one number one, Vlismas had the the volume. It's that's undeniable. But I did think that a, among her volume, she was landing pretty heavy too. Right, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's how I saw it at home. Now, two of the three judges sitting cage side saw it the other way. Now, these are two of the best judges that we have, and that's not a, a um some sort of slight at Dave Hagen's who saw it the other way. Dave Hagen who saw it the other way. But these are two of the, I would say probably the top four judges at the very least in North America seeing it that way. So if they're both in agreement, why is that? Let's play devil's advocate. Why do you think? Like I, mean, like I said, Martin was also landing. I thought I thought they both had similar impact on their punches. Right. So maybe they thought she had a little bit more. So you would say potentially that the the impact that she's having is outweighing the fact that the volume edge is is clearly coming from yeah, Vlismas. Yeah, I mean, I thought Vlismas, had, she also landed a really solid kick to the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I, I was like, ooh, that was good. Um, I think maybe in cage side, they're... They're feeling it heavier in Martin's favor. There's a good chance of that. I mean, sometimes, and I've heard judges speak of this before, that sometimes the video doesn't really do justice to the way some of the heaviness is landing of these punches. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you kind of have to be there live to feel it. Uh, that's why whenever I hear people on social media especially saying, well, why don't we have a couple judges sitting in the back, like, away from it? It's like, that's the last thing I want. If yeah. you want them watching a screen and only the screen, okay, fine. Let them at least hear what's happening there and feel it live don't don't put them somewhere else in a soundproof booth yeah and also i want i want to point out that these are the two guys when they were like do you guys ever get to the second criteria and they're like yeah no yeah it doesn't happen <laughs> yeah uh, so i'm not going to say it's because she was aggressive and pushing forward no uh so I, they wouldn't I, I would weigh that out uh or count that out and, and i you so all should too. i think by uh deducing i'm gonna have to go with the impact they felt heavier on in martin's favor sure so. sure yeah, I mean, this. I just thought that was interesting that, again, two, two of the highly respected refs saw it, or excuse me, uh, highly respected judges, and not again, not a slight of Dave Hagan, um, saw it the one way, and it was the opposite of the way we saw it. And this this gets, uh, what does this get, by the way? Oh, this is a couchside override. <laughs> so, Dave Hagan, you deserve the couchside override from uh, Dan and I. But again, as we pointed out before, Dan and I are amateurs who sit at home and we watch these fights from home. Now, I cover the sport professionally, but I'm still an amateur judge because I have never been formally trained. Yeah. Nonetheless, Cheyenne Vlismas made the rest of the fight uh, not necessarily a no-brainer, but it was it was she won the fight. No one was debating whether she won 
the fight here. So um, good fight. Nice fight. Uh, I You mentioned, too, by the way, that you know they were landing pretty heavy for like this weight class. I do think that women's flyweight, and I don't think it's manifested yet, but I do think over time, women's flyweight is going to be kind of that sweet spot for the best, most interesting women because in, in mixed martial arts, because at 115, you know, they're a little lighter. They're not getting the finishes as easily. 135 is a little bit light as far as the talent. I think you're you're going to get like, this will be almost like the welterweight division of the women's, like the men's welterweight division of the women's side. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Where there's a lot of talent here. It's stacked um, and, and they got a little bit of power, but they've also got, you know, a lot of endurance and speed and everything. It's almost like the sweet spot. All right. That's how I see it. We'll see. Give it time. The sport's still growing. But that was it for the contested rounds. Let's get to that. I guess I called it an uncontested round, right? Yeah, what else are you going to call Yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to surprise anybody and say we saw it the same way as the three judges did. And that round being round three of William Knight against Alonzo Menefield. Knight got the win 29-28 times three. Unanimous card all around. Knight winning first and third. Uh, Manyfield winning the second, but every media score posted two MMA decisions had 29-28 Manyfield. Now, you have to assume, watching the fight, that they meant rounds two and three went to Manyfield. So that was, round three was essentially the only one that anybody was really debating. Let's uh, talk about, talk about what happens in this round. Let's talk about why there, there might be some discrepancy, but just go through kind of what happens. Well, I'm going to point out not much happens. Um, That's fair. Uh, they start, land, Knight lands a, a good shot early in the, in the round. Probably like ten seconds in. Which, Manifield gets one too, right? Yeah, I, I think Knight had had the better end of that. I, I mean, would agree. Manifield kind of got backed up a bit. Then he clinches him, puts Knight. Manifield clinches him. Yeah, Manifield clinches Knight, puts him against the cage, and stays there for like three minutes with the with the intermittent uh, Herb Dean. Let's work. <laughs> yeah, and the only one that's actually fighting is Knight. I mean, these aren't really strong shots, not the most impactful things, but I mean, at he's least- He's some knees and stuff, too. I mean, they're not impactful, but, they, but I mean- But at least he's fighting. Put a knee into it, there's something there. He's still, yeah. he's the one that's fighting. Uh, they finally break, a jumping knee from Knight is what actually separates them in the final minute of the round, and then from there, it's just all Knight. I mean, Menefield's not landing anything. I don't even think he's throwing anything. Meanwhile, we have the commentary. I feel like they're talking about how- William Knight needs to, he kind of needs to take this round to, to, or the, the last like minute or half or so to like probably get a knockout or something like to win the fight. I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, really? What did, what did Lonzo Manifield do in this round? Manifield did nothing but hold him against the fence. Yeah. So, I, so yeah, again, no surprises here. We, we are in agreement with Derek Cleary, Junior Chiro Camillo, and Tony Weeks, who all saw this round as a William Knight round. This, uh, by, by the standards of the judging criteria, this should be a no-brainer round for William Knight, I would say. And and yet all of my media peers saw it the other way. And and I found that to be very surprising. I mean, there we've had guests on this show, people who've guest judged with us who I was very surprised to see it go that way. Uh, you know, I'll just highlight a few of the names. Uh, you know, Marcel Dorf, uh, Daniel Linovsky. We had Drake Riggs on before. Uh, Drake's, Drake's a good guy. Uh, I disagree with him here. Ryan Frederick, another former guest of our show, disagree. Uh, Jillian, of course, former guest uh, and fighter, too, who I, I disagree with here as well. I mean, what what are we looking for in terms of offense in, in, in this particular round that we want Alonzo Manyfield to get the win? Is, is Do we want clinching without offense? Is that what we're looking for? There was nothing effective uh, offensively for Manyfield in this round. So yeah. I, I struggled to see it for him. 
And, and, you know, I don't I don't mean to be rude to my media peers. I mean, I've certainly made mistakes and things like that, but I I, I would just ask them, you know, on here, you know, feel free to answer me or, you know, take a public or private, whatever. I'm just curious why you scored this round, round three for Menifield. It, it's really hard. Too. It's really hard to see it. I mean, the the strike numbers, when you look at the, the total stats at the end, which stats can lie, uh, the stats would have just given... Rob fought the win very easily, and that's not what happened. Um, but I think in this round in particular, it's very easy to say <laughs> there's not really a, an effort to finish the fight on Manifield's part. You know, I can I can read to you what it says in the criteria, the particular thing to, to remember when you're talking about effective striking and grappling. It is defined as, quote, legal blows that have immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute towards the end of the match with the immediate, and that's all, caps right there weighing in more heavily than the cumulative impact what i mean if we're just going to look at the grappling phase what part of what menifield did contributed toward the end of the match nothing nothing <laughs> what strikes compared to the strikes landed by william knight contributed toward the end of the match uh you know what you know i know what you go on about the insignificant strike total. yes yeah whatever menifield was throwing against the cage was less than insignificant. He was throwing these little punches that were like maybe one mile an hour. Coming yeah, out. yeah. It was the 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 prototypical stay busy stuff. And he's a better fighter than that too. It's it's, it's like disappointing to see that because I do think he is a talented fighter. To see him resort to this and you know hopefully learn the hard lesson now that you can't do that and win. No, that's yeah. That's not a lot of win. and a lot of that's happening right in front of uh, Judge Camillo. Like he's he's sitting right yep. there. He's watching yep. it. He he can evaluate this better than anybody can. He's mm -hmm. and Judge Camillo, I have I hold in high esteem. I do think he's one of the top three uh, North American judges right now. So I I feel like we have to trust this. <laughs> you know, if you're sitting at home and you're thinking, oh man, this should have been a Menifield win, I think you're very wrong, and I would I would debate you strongly. <laughs> so there's a there's a I guess an impassioned defense of the of the judging there, right? Oh yeah, I mean, they didn't get it wrong. They're, I mean. Not at all. Hundred percent. I don't think they got any, one. No, they got no rounds really wrong right. in this one. Um, but that is it. You know, again, great job from the judges. Great job in that round in particular. Um, it shouldn't have been that hard around to score, as much as uh, MMA media kind of got it wrong, and fans probably at home got it wrong. I think again, they were heavily influenced by the commentary in this one. No, I didn't even listen with the commentary in this fight. Uh, I, I, so. while listening with the commentary, I can understand why they'd go that way, but they were very wrong. Um, we did have eight finishes though, sir. There's a lot of finishes. Like I said, this was a fantastic fight card. I think it totally delivered in the way that I was hopeful and that it looked like it could. Six, uh, knockout or TKO, a bunch of them are clean knockouts, uh, with just the KO, not the T. Uh, two submissions, four first round finishes. Dan, what was your favorite of these eight finishes? Clay Guida weathering the storm. That was From awesome. Leonardo Santos and, you know, making it through the round and then getting a rear naked choke in round two. Yeah. <laughs> talked, we were talking earlier about comeback of the year. I still don't put this above uh, what happened in Pettis and Norguchi, but I mean, Clay Guida raging back from Leonardo Santos, having him, it's such a world of hurt for like 90 seconds. Punched himself out. He totally punched himself out. <laughs> it was so dead. It was like, you watched him slowing down and you were like, uh Oh, this dude's in big trouble. I bet you Clay Guida's <laughs> ribs hurt on Sunday. He was eating some big body shots Dude, on the ground there. He might, he might, maybe he skipped uh, Sunday morning fishing. <laughs> Possible. He's he's probably already fished once or twice by now. Though. <laughs> 
good for good for him. That's an impressive win, especially you know. Oh, I I would say at pre- at his age that's impressive, but also Leonardo Santos is like two years older. Um, but I believe today, Tuesday, the day you're listening to this, uh, Clay Guida, I believe it's his 40th birthday. So oh, happy birthday to Clay Guida. He's definitely fishing then. Thanks for all those happy enter- birthday. Thanks for all those ent- entertaining fights over the years. His his legendary fight with Diego Sanchez, by the way, occurred. The day after I met my wife. Wow. I gauge uh, how long I've known my wife based on the date of that. <laughs> All right. And our first date was the day before Brock Lesnar fought Frank Mir at UFC 100. Wow. I, I, everything, everything has to do with <laughs> UFC. I can, I can use it as a frame of reference for just about anything. Uh, <laughs> All right. There was no, actually, there was no fight the, the weekend we got married. I will say that. <laughs> but you know, my, my favorite finish, sir, since you didn't ask. Was uh, <laughs> I didn't jerk. get a chance to ask. I know I'm a jerk. I'm a jerk. Um, <laughs> Jamal Hill was just a monster in putting away Jimmy Crute. 48 seconds, steamrolls him, has him in trouble two times within yeah. 48 seconds, and, it, and it's all over. All she wrote, Jamal Hill. I you can't sleep on this guy because he's gonna sleep you. He hits too hard. He is able to put out too much volume. He's not going to punch himself out. The man knows how to pace himself. He knows how to stalk for the kill. And he knows how to deliver the kill shot. I think his ceiling in this division is incredibly high. Like, potential champion level. I'm, I'm, I really do feel that he has the potential to be the champion of light heavyweight someday. He's not there. He's got growth to go. But I think he's got it in him. I would, uh, I'm going to agree. I think, uh, I think we can put to bed that he's a you know, power by volume guy. I never thought he was, shot. especially at that weight. Like at two hundred five, like if you if you're a power by volume guy, you're still going to knock them out because you hit so hard. Like, it's two hundred five; they all hit hard. And he hit this. He hit Jimmy Crew very hard. Realistically, he could fight Jimmy probably Crew. at heavyweight if he wanted to. No, we're not going to do that. No, I'm not saying he should, but I'm saying he's gonna. He's big. He's six foot four, and as I understand it, he gets pretty big between fights. So it wouldn't be that. Does he crazy. go to the steakhouse too? I don't think he goes to the steakhouse before the fight. Okay. Uh, but I don't know that. I cannot confirm nor deny that uh, report that you just made up right now. I hope he does. <laughs> well, I hope I'm at the steakhouse by your time you're listening. To this. <laughs> that is that is it, though, from uh, UFC Vegas 244. We were not going to do uh, the traditional pre-pay-per-view separate fight, uh, separate show, excuse me, from the Couchside Judges, since we we're getting a little late start in the week uh, for this one, thanks to Pittsburgh trip over here. What are you going to do? That's all right, as long as you had a good time. I did have That's a good time. That's all that matters. I'm glad you had a good time. Steelers game, right? You went to the Steelers game? Went to the Steelers game. I saw John Harbaugh try to steal his brother's weekend thunder mm-hmm. by going for two, and Didn't I work. watched it fail. Didn't and work. I hope Jim is laughing at him, at his brother, for losing that game in such fashion. He probably wasn't laughing too hard. I'm sure he cares deeply about his brother. Well, apparently, not. it's not the other way around. John's like, you just won the Big Ten championship. I'm going to try to you know, outshine you a little bit here. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's what definitely happened. Not a college football guy. I did. I college football was a part of my work day on Saturday, so I was following it. But it's just not my favorite. Uh, we are going to touch upon not college football, not pro football. The rest of the show, we are going to touch upon UFC 269 in this show because it is coming on Saturday. It will be starting at the traditional 10 p.m. Eastern time start time for the main card, as we would have come to expect. Two title fights headlined by Charles Oliveira going against Dustin Poirier in the fight that will finally decide. Who is the king of 155 pounds post Khabib Nurmagomedov? Because as much as 
Charles Oliveira was very impressive when he won the belt against Michael Chandler earlier this year. I do still feel like Dustin Poirier is the uncrowned champ. So now they get to prove it. I am on Oliveira for this one. Okay. Is that is that your rooting interest or who you think will win? Uh, That's who I think is going to win. Okay. I don't really have... I mean, if Dustin Poirier wins, I'd be happy for him. Sure. I'm not very happy about his hot sauce. I don't think it's very good. But is it not hot a, enough or is it just not tasty? I, uh, I'm not a hot sauce guy. I mean, it has some decent flavor. It def, definitely lacks in heat. I know that he, they made a new new version that I haven't tried yet that's a little bit hotter. You should uh, try it. So I should try that first. And then you can review it on the show. I say, How about if he wins, you have to review it for next show. Okay. If you can acquire that's, it in time. That's fair. Okay. Um, but I'm going to go with Oliveira by sub. Late. Okay. Like round four, rear naked choke. You know he has never fought past round three. He's never. Like, he just. He's never gotten that far. All right. Well, I didn't know that. So round three. Okay. Sub, rear All right. Naked choke. All right. That's fair. Um, I am going with Dustin Poirier, and it's not a knock on Charles Oliveira, but I, I just I've I've felt for a while that Dustin Poirier is the number two guy at lightweight to Khabib. Now number one, and I think he's improved this weekend. I think he's going to get a third round TKO finish. Oh boy. All right. We're going so third we're round. You third and I round. each us in the third round. Different method, different guy. If we had a third person here, they could say, oh, it'd be, it'd be third round uh, draw by uh, disqualification. <laughs> Please, no. Which is not a thing. <laughs> no DQs. Not, it's not a thing. And moving on to the uh, the other title fight, Amanda Nunes putting a 135-pound belt on the line for the first time in a while. She's been up at that 45-pound uh, belt for a little bit. She's got the options, of course, against Juliana Pena in a fight that realistically I thought would have happened a long time ago. Uh, but now is the time we finally have it. Is Juliana Pena the woman to finally usurp Amanda Nunes in one of her two belts? No. All right. Can't disagree. First round knockout. I mean, Amanda Nunes wins first round knockout. Put it on Wikipedia. Second round knockout. Right now. Second round knockout. TKO. Doesn't matter. It's the same thing. But Yeah. All right. Now, I usually, this is the point where we've started saying, you know, anything else of interest I basically went down the line and listed almost every fight the rest of the way because honestly, all like this is such a super deep card. I I'm very excited to watch as many of these fights as I possibly can. I I'm I'm actually not working on this oh, one. I I okay. took a day off. I mean, you know, I'm always okay. kind of covering it, I guess, in a social media way, but I'm not at uh at work at my you know duties and putting together New York nice. Post news pages, uh, sports pages, excuse me. So I get to really watch this one. I'm excited and. Got a good card. I mean, let's let's just kind of run down the list real quick. I'll tell you, you know, Santiago Ponzinibbio against Jeff Neal, 170 pounds. Cody Garbrandt, flyweight debut versus Kai Kara France. Sean O'Malley, he's, he's back in there against Riley Impivia. Uh, Josh Emmett, he's returning from that knee injury he had after the, like, it was probably the three-round fight of the year, I believe we said, mm-hmm. uh, against right. Shane Burgos last year, 145 pounds. He's got Danny Gay. Another great, interesting, fun fighter to watch. Dominic Cruz, the four, you know, I guess he's basically the bantamweight goat still, though I think we're probably getting to a point someday where it might be Peter Yan. Uh, he's going against Pedro Munoz. Andre Muniz, he's off a of retiring Jacare with that arm breaking sub. Oof. And he's got the late replacement in Eric Anders at 185 pounds. Aaron Blanchfield, local uh, gal from kind of our neck of the woods, going against Miranda Maverick. I think these two are the best prospects in the 125-pound women's division. Alex Perez, he's back for the first time since his title loss to Davidson Figueredo last November. I actually didn't put down who he's fighting, and I uh, and now I regret that, but I don't know if you can pull that up real quick or not. While I also mentioned the last of these fights that I wanted to highlight, which was Ryan Hall against Derek Minner 
in what I hope is a submission only match at 145 pounds. Yes, and uh, Minner, by the way, has 22 uh, submission finishes and one strikes based finish. Okay, I, I, so as much as Ryan Hall, you think of subs, and and rightfully so. This is sub and sub. I it's it's obviously going to be a really terrible striking match. Yeah, but I mean, I, but I, I still. Hope I mean, Hall's probably got the edge in, uh, in, on on the ground, even though Derek Minner is uh, very well versed there. Hard to say, man. I, we'll see. But I'm very excited for all of those. Uh, yeah, Matt Schnell is fighting. Matt Schnell. Press. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you looking that up and me stalling for time. Of those fights, one, two, three, jump out at you is their favorite. What do you got? Well, I mean. I love Santiago Ponsnibio. Jeff Neal's not in really a good place. I don't doesn't appear to be. That's right. He was arrested uh, recently so, for uh, DUI, if I recall. I, uh, I believe I, that was the report. Most most what I'm actually looking forward to, or actually interested in, is Cody Garbrandt's flyweight debut. I want to see how that goes. And I, I'm curious about that one too. And Sean O'Malley seems to be looking past Rally and Paiva, so I think that's a bad. That could be a mistake. He's like seems like he's already set to fight. Uh, oh, what's his name? Yanez. So, Adrian uh, Adrian Yeah, he's saying, oh, I can fight him in March. And it seems like he might be looking past him. Sean O'Malley, I understand kind of what his reasoning is for taking the fights he's taking, but it's it's going to lose, I think, some interest in people if he's not chasing bigger fights. Mm. You know, I nothing against Ali and Paiva. I think O'Malley doesn't have as much to gain from this as he could, and it would be nicer to see him a little more hungrier. But it's his body, it's his, you know, risk versus the money he's getting in. I do think there's more risk involved in taking these fights, but it is what it is. The fight I'm most interested in, probably of all of these, though, is Emmett and Ige. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. That should be good. And and Josh Emmett put on a war with one knee. Let's see what he can do with two. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hopefully he's still got Danny it. Danny Ige's always fun. Yeah. I I do think this is, like, of the prelims, this is the one that, that I look at as the potential fight of the night. Yeah. That, but that, I do think the, the main event's going to be the fight of the night, Oliveira and Poirier. I think that's going to be fire. It should be. Yeah. This one is in Nevada, T-Mobile Arena, so we're probably going to get the same high quality of judging that we typically do get at these uh, Apex cars that we break down, uh, what, 44 times now? Yes, but, this, <laughs> but we're... Wait, God. A full crowd. It's going to be yes, electric. It, electric? The electricity in the air? Yes. Dwayne Rock Johnson? Yes. All right. I feel it. I feel the electricity. Do you smell it? Oh, I smell what you're cooking, Dan. But that is it for this show. We'll be back again next week on our traditional Monday. Uh, hopefully we'll get a third uh, guest judge like we typically do. I've, I gotta, I got to look into that. That would be nice. It's always nice when we have an extra person to break down these pay-per-view cards. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.